Welcome back to another episode of the Casey Campbell podcast. Casey Campbell with you, of course. And we are pleased to be joined by Jack Edwards of the Liverpool Transfer Room. Hi, Jack. Uh, hello, Casey. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, okay, so the reason why uh, I wanted to bring Jack on is because of, uh, you, know, you know why he's on, is because we have to talk about this European Super League um, of... I don't know of the 12 richest clubs in the world and uh, 12 biggest clubs in the world, the 12 biggest clubs in the world. Thanks, Jack. I say um, biggest in parentheses. It includes Arsenal and Tottenham, which their recent trophy success indicates otherwise. Okay. So who's in this? So, okay. First off, Jack, thanks for joining us. Um, okay. So who's in this league? So basically it comprises of the, some of the biggest clubs, um, obviously, in Europe. Um, so you have the big six in the Premier League, which includes Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester City, Tottenham, and Liverpool. Um, and then you have the Madrid clubs, Real Madrid and Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. And then you have three clubs from Italy as well, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus. So these are 12 of the biggest clubs historically um, in Europe, with possibly the exception of being Tottenham, who haven't won much in their history. Um, but yeah, those are the 12 clubs that are deemed founder clubs. Three more potentially are still to join as the 15 clubs that will be um, guaranteed permanent spots in this competition for the next 23 years. So it's it's interesting. I have a lot of thoughts, but we'll obviously get into that. Okay, so it obviously is if you've been paying attention to Twitter or paying attention to really anything, there's been a lot of pushback from this. Um my goodness. Um, where, do, where do you start with? Okay. So I don't know if you saw the, uh, the Liverpool transfer room that you guys all did last night, but uh, it was a very, Jack very was, small community, but a very angry community. Jack was, pre- Jack was on fire last night. Yeah. I uh, was watching it today and I uh, literally laughed at everybody that was on there. Cause it's just, it's just so funny to react to, you know, I mean, obviously football means a lot in Europe to a lot of people here in America. But um, why does everyone hate this so much? So the big issue that everyone has is the guaranteed placement. So there was a, it's, it's been a lot of miscommunication about what it actually means. Um, and we still don't really know entirely what it could comprise of what the proposal is right now versus what it'll actually be in a few months. But the reason everyone hates it is because it's these 12 clubs that are already incredibly established. They are clubs that have been in their top divisions for decades now. They shouldn't have any reason to be financially insecure because they're these giant commercial brands. And yet they're getting together. They're creating this competition funded by JP Morgan, creating this huge three and a half million euro pot that is basically just going to guarantee them placement. And so the competition, as it's currently proposed to be, is 20 teams, two groups of 10. You play home and away. So 18 total matches to try and qualify out of the group. That's a yearly competition, replaces the Champions League. Issue is... Um, there's going to be a second division, another 20 teams. So it's like Super League 2.0, but like inferior. The f- top 15 founder clubs, so the 12 I already mentioned and three more still to be named, are guaranteed for the next 23 years to be there. So it doesn't matter if they got smacked 5-0 in every single match, went 0-0 and 18. They're guaranteed a placement. And in Europe, if you finish last in a division, unlike in America, there's a severe punishment for that rather than a, a reward you're relegated. There's no relegation for these clubs. There's no meritocracy. It's not a, um, there's no competition. 
it's just guaranteed money for the biggest clubs that already have a lot of money. And they're just painting it as the future of football, which has, has caused a lot of pushback. Yeah. Um, Satan is alive. My goodness. Um, so what is, you know, if this go, when does, when is this potentially going to begin? Because that's another thing we have, we're not really clear on. So today, me and Monday, UEFA confirmed their new Champions League format, which would start in 2024. Now that's different than Super League, obviously. So the changes for the Champions League would add four more spots. So two more guaranteed qualifying spots for different European leagues, and then two wild card spots, which essentially means, for instance, for instance, Liverpool. They're currently sixth place in England. They're not going to qualify for the Champions League as things stand. And yet they are one of the best teams in Europe in the last few years. They've qualified five years straight to the Champions League. They've been at two finals in the last three years. So their, their European coefficient is incredibly high. So basically just the number that however many matches you've played in Europe. Basically, in the 2024 format, if Liverpool or a similarly European dominant club in the years prior missed out on the Champions League through Europe, two spots are guaranteed for the best clubs that missed. So they could finish 20th in their league. But if they have one of the best European coefficients and missed out in their league qualifying, they get an automatic movement up. So that's happening in 2024. What could happen as soon as this fall would be the European Super League, which would replace the Champions League. And these clubs would essentially just create their own competition. And the reason why they needed to be this, this fall is because they're going to be booted out of the Champions League because you can't play the both at the same time. And they are potentially going to be booted out of their domestic leagues as well because of breach of contract. So they would need these matches to literally survive. So it's, if things continue to go ahead as planned, we could be seeing a European Super League as soon as August, 2021. Which is almost five months from now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if they get, okay, so if these six mega teams uh, out of the, let, let's take the Premier League, for example. Mm -hmm. If these six teams, um, meaning United, City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Tottenham, I got them all. Um, if they all were booted out of the Premier League, mm -hmm. what happens to the Premier League? Well, what would happen in that case is broadcasters would likely demand reparations from the Premier League because they would feel that their product is intrinsically less valuable without the big clubs. Right. Um, so they basically just kind of say, oh, we need... X amount of money to just kind of keep ourselves like just payback. Um, so that would have to come from the FA, from the clubs that still exist. And I'll pull the Premier League table up right now. As things currently stand, if those clubs were eliminated, in first place would be Leicester City, in second place would be West Ham, and in third place would be Everton. And the only other big six club that's in the top um, up there as well, besides those sides that are going there automatically, would be um, Leeds United as well. Yeah. So it, it's a remarkable, remarkable. Um, potential to see these huge clubs just not in the Premier League. I don't know how real that threat is because I don't know how they can afford to lose them because realistically, the American audience, the foreign audience, maybe even the, the domestic UK audience, are they really going to watch a one versus two battle between Leicester City and West Ham versus a Manchester Derby, Manchester City versus Manchester United? Um, could they get to the similar level of commercial dominance with the decades of investment and prominence like like the Uniteds of the world have sure 
but I I would be stunned if the Premier League next season is without the big six. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't see that happening. But here's the thing. I mean, they they might be there, but they're not going to be as good as games because you know all the big big players are not going to be playing mm-hmm. because they're going to be playing in this um uh, in the Super League games. Mm-hmm. Do they think? don't they don't overlap. Right. So it's like currently um, you'll have a Premier League match on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, the Champions League match on a Tuesday, Wednesday. If you're in the Europa League, it'll be on a Thursday. So it's like you have midweek and then weekend. And then you fill in the extra matches you need, the cup competitions around them. The big change would be you'd go from six guaranteed group stage games in the Champions League to 18. So literally tripling the number of games that would be in the midweek. Um, So it'd be really hard to imagine the scheduling conflicts. And basically what would be happening is, Liverpool, for instance, the, the club I support, they would have no reason to go try in the Premier League. No reason at all. Because a 400 million euro, I believe is the figure, is the prize money for winning the European Super League. And they could get relegated out of the Premier League. It wouldn't matter. They would still be in the European Super League. They're going to want to try, obviously, in the Premier League. They're not going to just bottom out. But they could finish mid-table in the Premier League. Put all of their, the Mohamed Salahs, the Sadio Mane's, the Virgil van Dijk's, Allison's, they could keep all their key players, just play them in these European Super League matches, and they would be financially far better off than they are right now, which is why they're doing it for guaranteed income and just to make themselves financially stronger. Um, as we've seen, finances have been hurt because of COVID. Right. And, and speaking of COVID, this is, not, this is a worse time for this to happen. Yeah. Uh, it depends who you ask. It could be worse or the best. Um, because these clubs are making this decision. They're, they're ramping up these discussions because of COVID. It's not a, um, it, it's a product of, of the world we live in right now. Um, so I, I'm, I go back and forth. So there was, a, there was a Florentino Perez interview where he talked about, he's the president. He, uh, he's one of the heads of Real Madrid. He's going to be the president of this Super League. Um, he talked about how, you know, there's going to be more money that's going to be going down the football pyramid. Um, basically, I think they're coming about 10 billion euros over the next 20 years, something like that. So a lot of money that they're going to kind of just give to keep these clubs, clubs afloat, which they're saying is it's more money than UEFA is promising. So they're basically just saying this competition is going to be funded by JP Morgan and JP Morgan will also fund all these other things because they allow this competition to happen. I haven't really had a chance to fully digest what that, that press conference means, but all I know is that it, it's, as things stand, it's going to be radically different. Um, and it's going to, it's tough to tell if this is like in the early nineties when the Premier League changed or when the Champions League was introduced, when there was these radical changes um, that changed the way football just happened in Europe and whether or not we're, we're being afraid of change or if we're um, rationally trying to protect the sport we love. What are fans saying about this? Because apparently uh, the comments I've seen is everybody hates it. You would be incredibly correct. Um, Today's match between Leeds United and Liverpool was the first major match to happen since um, it was really announced. Um, And there were protests outside the stadium uh, in uh, there's no fans obviously because of COVID um, but in Liverpool Stadium at Anfield when they play their next the supporters groups um, that have the flags around the stadium that are like um, saying things like um, justice for the 96 um, tributes um, messages from the supporters trust um, to try and like um, support the players they want all those flags removed um, and they're trying to make these these deep symbols there was a, a 
plane that flew over the match, which said say no to European Super League. Um, people are making fun of, of Liverpool fans when Leeds got the late equalizer. They, they tweeted as their full-time tweet. They said, um, we've survived to a 1-1 draw with um, European Super League Merseyside Reds, something like that, because they're joking that Liverpool is going to become a franchise. Um, and I have never seen fans as united in hatred as I have with this. Um, there are, I think um, it's different between us as um, as fans that are not from England versus fans in England. I have seen almost no fans from England support this because fundamentally they like the sport how it is. Promotion, relegation, that's what they love about the sport. Us in America, we're used to the NBAs, the NFLs, where fundamentally if you're bad, you just can be good the next year. You can kind of get some good young players. You can almost lose in is, all, is a objective as well. And they're not used to that style. It's a very American style format. And so there's a lot of opposition to it. A lot of foreign fans are the ones who are in favor of it. They like the idea of Real Madrid and Liverpool playing every year. I don't like that idea. It's like, um, say you're in school, right? And you have a lot of homework to do and you want to just have free time. Say you do that homework and get the free time. The free time feels so much better than during the summer when that's all you have. Cause you're kind of just like, I, I, I didn't earn this. It's just a different feeling. Um, and so you can't have Christmas every day. I think that's what people are going to brutally learn if they end up going through with this. Um, and that's the biggest problem is the lack of relegation, the lack of meritocracy, um, and just the greed that exists right here. Um, and I guess it's just the dumb Yanks, dumb Americans who are trying to corrupt the beautiful sport in England. Isn't it amazing what money can do? Amazing. It's, wow. it's stunning. I mean, and it was a great quote from Patrick Bamford, a lead striker. Um, racism has been a huge problem in the English game, and they've been trying to combat it a lot, um, especially in the post-COVID world. But he, he said, he was like, it's crazy how united everybody is in hatred when somebody's pockets are affected in this case the premier league uefa and fifa's pockets are affected it's great to the reaction is different for that versus things like racism um but it, it does come down to the mighty dollar and it's a very important uh, aspect here almost feels like it though you know it's like kind of compares to uh you know it, 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 it almost feels like racism a little bit mm -hmm. um so we've noticed a little bit of where the german teams are yeah. You want to go into that a little bit? So basically, um, I'm not sure 100% if the offers were extended. There were these small technicalities because there's so much politics that are being played. But basically, um, Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund declined invitations or they just declined interest in joining the European Super League because in Europe, um, per government regulations, clubs can only be owned up to 49% by commercial entities. So the likes of the FSG, Fenway Sports Group that owns Liverpool, Sheikh Mansour, um, who owns Manchester City, the Glazer family, who owns Manchester United, those people could not own the majority stakes that they own um, in club the clubs like they do in England. So what you have is 51% are fans in Germany. And it's pretty easy. This is a very, this decision is made for one reason, one reason only for money. Those clubs that are run by the fans mostly do not care about money primarily. They care about the sport. They care about the tradition. And so they basically said, you know, this isn't how we want to run things. We don't want things to be like this. Um, and so basically they kind of said, no, they're going to stick with the Champions League. They're going to stick with um, how things are. And you know what? Cred all, all the credit to them. It takes actually quite a lot of guts to turn down a fat 350 million euros for just showing up, which is what Liverpool 
um, the club that I love. And I'm afraid that they've been they've been cowardly um, in accepting this and betraying, I think, their club principles, what, what they were founded upon. Um, but the German clubs haven't lost that because they're mainly owned by, by fans. Do you feel like, um, as a Liverpool fan, your heart's been broken a little bit? Yeah, I was watching the Leeds game today, and I felt almost no emotion. Um, I mean, we had a, a nice goal. One of our players, Sadio Mane, he had been on a nine-match goalless streak. He scored. I felt great for him. I was like, yeah, I love you, Sadio. I'm glad that you got this goal, but I don't care. I don't – because we could have gone into fourth place in Champions League qualification territory, but it doesn't matter because fundamentally the results no longer matter in the Premier League if this goes ahead. We had the late equalizer, and I didn't really feel much. Usually I would be devastated if that kind of thing happened, but I was just kind of like this this – the, the integrity of the sport has been damaged by this club. Um, and until they back down from it, I don't know when that feeling is going to come back. And unfortunately, from who I've talked to, that's how a lot of people feel, that they are going to just either walk away from supporting Liverpool or they're just going to kind of support them as a team that you like on the side, you know, where it's, say, you're, you're, you turn on a, um, an NBA game and you're, you're from, I don't know, the Chicago area and you like the Bulls. You just kind of like the Bulls. You, you don't avidly support them and you don't feel too much when they win or lose but you're kind of like oh that's cool i like them that's what i think a lot of people are afraid is going to happen to these premier league sides if they continue to just alienate their fans do you feel like i mean have you ever considered like walking away as a fan at this point no because i mean there's there's still far a ton of things that need to happen before this has major ramifications currently i'm just offended um that they would even um think about doing this but I don't know. Um, I just have to wait and see what actually happens, what they decide to do. I've seen Jurgen Klopp, the Liverpool manager, made a great statement. He's saying, I, I don't like this. I like competition. James Milner, Liverpool vice captain, who was captain today against Leeds, um, he said, I don't like this. I hope it doesn't happen. They've said all the right things. I, I'll support the players. I'll support the manager. Um, but the club, as of right now, it's, it's lost my love. Do you think you'll get that love back? depends on if they um if they rectify this decision if they continue to just solely look at the money that they're going to potentially make then i i don't see how i can continue supporting them because it's just such a, a delusional decision they say that they want to do this with the supporters in mind they're not listening to any supporters they're not listening to the supporters trusts the, the fan accounts they're not listening to the people on twitter on uh, i know people on twitter you can't really take as the the overwhelming majority of opinion but World warriors just just look outside your stadium and you'll see how people feel because there are there are not banners like today's the day liverpool football club died that's that's how i think a lot of people feel and until they either change fundamentally how the super, super league is structured or just walk away um with their pride destroyed but if they just walk away then maybe there's a chance all right, Jack. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Of um, course. Uh, anytime. We'll uh, we'll uh, have you on periodically if there's any more news about this uh, this this super league of yes of whatever. Of course. Thanks for having me, Casey.